Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Securian Skill, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the podcast I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Securian Skill after listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today is a business student turned Love Island star who, after only a matter of days of finishing his master's degree in finance, he joined Cass and Moore in season nine of Love Island, lasting 17 days in a relationship with Olivia Hawking that led him to being dumped from the island together as they were voted the least compatible couple. Since then, he lasted a few weeks in South Africa in a relationship with her before finding a new lease in life as he reflects on how 2023 has shaped him. So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome to Skinisco, it's Matt Spalsamuda. Hello, mate. How you doing today? You okay? I'm all right. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great. I love that introduction. That was lovely. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure, mate. My absolute pleasure. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk about you growing up in Northeast London, because it's quite interesting for someone like you who's got two completely different cultures that came together, your Jamaican side and your English side. So how did that work in your upbringing? You know, I definitely think that came with some issues, you know, when you're merging two different types of families, two different cultures together, I definitely think that comes with like its growing pains and its difficulties. Um, some elements of my family find it more difficult than others, but I have a lot of respect for certain people in my family because as time's gone on, they've come to be a lot more understanding, and open-minded and just better people from a result of being around people from different cultures. So I definitely had the best of both worlds and I've definitely gained a lot of useful experience and knowledge from both my parents and both the cultures that I'm from. What were those values and the rules that they had in place, though, to enable that to happen? So I think, especially when it comes to, like, a Jamaican-Caribbean family, um, I think with a lot of, like, immigrant families, there's a huge emphasis placed on, like, on family and therefore external family. Like, the external family and the immigrant family and the Caribbean family is just as important as the immediate family. So it's like then that whole family feels very big and there's loads of people and there's cousins where they're like your third or fifth cousin sometimes. You don't even know exactly how you're related, but you just know that they're cousins and then everybody's just extremely close. So I think a huge emphasis placed on family, valuing your family and being there for each other is something that I definitely picked up on. There's a huge impact of family life 
is something we need to think about because your parents got divorced and obviously that family mm-hmm. broke up. So how did that then work into play when family is so important to your culture? You know, that was obviously like definitely like a very difficult situation. I think looking back on it, obviously at the time I was quite young, I was about 13 when my parents split up, but looking back on it, I think, you know, they definitely made the right decisions for themselves and it was definitely something that they probably needed to do at that time. My parents never let that affect the relationship that we had with them. And it was we never felt a distance from like an emotional distance from either of our parents. And we very much felt like they was there for us all the time. In terms of that family value, that was still very much there because our parents still worked together when it came to like myself and my siblings. So that family dynamic still came into it even after they split up. But it must have been hard for you growing up young when you've been having this instilled in you about how important family is to then watch two people break up. Obviously now in hindsight, you can look back and say, you know, it wasn't meant to be. But at the time, what did that do to your sense of belonging and your identity when you, all you knew was family is the one important thing for you? My parents actually splitting up wasn't really something that bothered me very much. I think what bothered me and what was more of something to process with was that my mother moved overseas. So she moved to the Middle East for like a job opportunity and to like start a life over in the Middle East and stuff. That was the more challenging aspect of it. Now I'm in a situation where it's like I've got one parent in a different country and I'm living here in London with another parent. Um, I was very fortunate that pretty much every school holiday I was able to get out to the Middle East and spend time with my, with my mother. But obviously when you're used to having somebody around 24-7, it's definitely something to process and a difficult situation. and It's a whole new thing to navigate. But, you know, there are some positives that come with it. The time that you spend with them is a lot more, like the quality of that time is a lot better because you value it a lot more instead of having somebody just there every single day. There was definitely moments where you kind of wish that you know, you have both parents around all the time, but that just couldn't be the case. So then you go and you find your true self. You go to university to study business and finance, do a master's degree. It's incredible to do a master's as well. What type of student were you? <laughs> well, let's just say I was going to university. It was very much, um, I got, getting a degree is amazing everything, but I was like, I'm going for the experience and because I don't know exactly what else to do right now. So I kind of, I wanted to go to a new city, new environment, new people. So I wanted to, that's why I went to Liverpool, an amazing city. And let's just say I had a lot of fun. Like I was out a lot, making the most of that student university life. I was kind of just getting my work done. I, I put, putting myself under pressure, getting it all done right at the last minute, which definitely didn't serve me well in a lot of situations. Definitely added a lot more stress to my time than I needed to. Uh, but I would get the job done. Do you know what I mean? And then doing my master's, it was a similar thing. It was kind of like, almost, I wasn't ready to quite leave Liverpool yet. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to get into or where I wanted to go. I just felt like it was a smarter move for me to go and do that master's. So what was the craziest thing you did well through university? What was that one night that you'd always look back and go, that was my friend, me making it. That was where I peaked at university. In like my first year of uni, there was like this huge kind of like flat party that was happening. And it was like a carnival themed party. And I had like friends from London that had come up that week because it was also the week where exams finished. And they came up for the week to just to celebrate and have some fun. And then we all went to that party and that party just ended up being just amazing. Like, honestly, I, it's hard. I can't really say too much about it. It was just an amazing party. There are definitely multiple weeks where I was out five nights a week in Liverpool, standard procedural. We were just out all the time, meeting people, having fun drinking loads because obviously student life especially in Liverpool is so cheap as well so you're just making the most of that especially coming from London 
So we were just making the most of it. What was your mental health like going through university? How did you deal with the pressures of doing a very intense course, but obviously wanting to have that party life as well? Do you know, yeah, I remember what I would say about mental health at university, especially my first year of uni. I remember very early on, I had a lot of times where I was feeling quite down. And I think the reason behind that is when you're in university, especially in that first year, and you're going out loads and nights, like you're on a high because it's like you're meeting all these cool people. You know what it's like when everybody's drinking, everybody's best friends, this, that, and the other. But then now the next day I wake up and I'll be like in my dorm room by myself. And it's like, okay, where am I? I don't know what to do with myself, right? And I don't know what to do with my day. Like, and then that will just play on your mind. And therefore you've got the impact of alcohol. Like alcohol really does a lot to our brains mentally. And it obviously it's a natural depressant. And it really makes us feel quite shitty a lot of the time. Um, so when you're sitting in that dorm room after a heavy night of drinking, you've got no energy, you can't really get up and do anything, that's really going to start playing on your brain and you're going to start to feel quite lonely. You're going to feel start to feel quite just down and out and you can seep into a little bit of a depression. And I remember realising that and then thinking, OK, I need to make sure I'm doing certain things to get me up and out. Well, that's also the problem as well, is that you kind of... I remember when I used to get back to university on a Sunday after being at home and I'd be like, right, it's Sunday night. What would I be doing if I was at home now? And how do I create a schedule for myself as if like it's a completely new experience every single week of being back in that room alone? Because you're right, it's very isolating being in that room because that room is like a studio flat bedsit. You know, it's got your kitchen in there. It's got your toilet in it. You don't really need to leave that room. And it's very, very claustrophobic. It's just very easy to kind of just like recluse yourself and just, be very individual and away from everybody else to be honest but that's not the best thing to do it's like it's important to really put yourself out there even when it's a bit scary and it's a little bit daunting because if you don't then I feel like it's just going to play on your brain a lot and then combine that with alcohol it's just gonna it's just not a good situation a lot of the time so that's why I feel like a lot of people at university are having a great time and are having a lot of fun but maybe not as much fun as it's coming across well obviously we know how social media lies but then talking about having that fun and that maturity you then go on to Love Island you know, a couple of days after doing your master's, but then you're still in that student mindset. Do you think you were mature enough to go on Love Island? Because we always talk about age, you know, people like Georgia Steele have done it, who's, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. And we look at the age range there. But also I think there's something about maturity that when you've come from university, which you've come from school, you're still got that very young mindset about what you want. You don't really know yourself because you've not got that real life experience. I'm quite interested in you going to Love Island so soon after university, if you were mentally prepared to what was about to happen to you. Do you know, I've had certain things in my life that, that definitely shaped me and prepared me for that. So I think the whole dynamic with like my upbringing and, you know, having parents living in different countries definitely forced me to grow up and mature a lot faster. I've had certain like relationship experiences that have taught me a lot and forced me to mature and grow up a lot faster. So now by the time, when it came to Love Island, I definitely have had like a lot of good life experience that put me in a place where I feel like I can deal with this and I can navigate this quite well. And I think going into it, the mindset that I had with like no expectations, whatever the situation is going to be, is going to be the situation. I'm going to let it flow naturally. I'm going to stay true to who I am and just be myself. I think obviously like having that mindset going into it already shows that I was kind of ready for it because if that's not where your mindset's at, then it's going to be a bit of a difficult situation for you if things don't go your way. Um, so, yeah, I think all of that definitely prepared me for it. In, in, and in terms of, you know, potentially like meeting somebody and finding somebody, I was like a lot more understanding of, you know, what it involved in terms of, you know, how to treat a woman and how to value a woman and things like that and how to value like getting to know somebody in a relationship. So, yeah, like I feel like there was a lot of things that had prepared me and put me in a place where I was ready for that show. Hey. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So were you prepared, though, for Castle Mulder? Because, you know, going on Love Island, especially as an OG, is very different to being a bombshell, very different to being Castle Mulder, where you've got a certain role to play. You know, you're there to try and steal the girls and change their heads. You know, Olivia, you were coupled up with after Castle Mulder. She was with Kai beforehand. And, you know, you had that role that you'd said, look, Olivia's probably the girl for me. Producers go, cool, we'll get them in Castle Mulder. We'll turn her head. And that is the role you're playing. Is that fair to say? And how did that fit in with mentally how you have seen your experience to be? You know, like I said, like for me, where where how it made me feel mentally, like it didn't really bother me because I knew it was a situation that I wasn't in control of. And I, I'm the type of person, like I, one of my favourite sayings is never stress about things that you can't control. And so I didn't want to do Castro more. Like I don't think anybody wants to do Castro more. But then when they said to me, Castro more, I just thought, you know what, it's still an experience that will just run with it. And now in hindsight, I'm very happy that I did Castle Moore because I just felt like that was kind of my unique part of, of my story with Love Island, you know what I mean? You know, not everybody goes in at that point. Like I said, a lot of people probably don't want to go in at that point, but going in at that point and then making it out of there, like I was very happy with that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, obviously at that point, you do know that you have to go in and you kind of have to ruffle feathers a little bit and kind of get in the mixture, get in the middle of certain situations. But, you know, that's the name of the game and, and you're just up for it, you know what I mean? So how did you find being part of Custom? Obviously, there was the intention that you didn't want to go in there, but when you were actually in there around a new group of boys, because also it's probably a little bit easier as well with the fact of if you came in as a bombshell, 
it had been harder to click with the OG boys. Whereas if when you go into Casamoy, you're already part of this new gang and you're all in this together still. So you're basically the OGs of Casamoy anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I think me and the boys that I went in with was just like a huge plus. Like, I love them boys and it was such a great time being in there with them. Like, when I look back on Casamoy, that is like the main thing that I think about. Just all of like the kind of downtime that I had with those boys. Because obviously in your downtime, meals and stuff, you're separated from the girls. So when it was like just us, like we was just cracking so many jokes, having such a good laugh with each other. And obviously because we was all in that same boat, just growing into it like together at the same point. Um, obviously things were going a little bit differently for us in terms of the girls and stuff. But we were just having such a great time together. So that was really a real highlight being in there with those boys. And then obviously getting to know the girls was like a little bit more daunting because it's like, you know, before you go to the show, you are watching the show, you're seeing these people. And it's like, boom, you know, I walk through the store and those people are now they're sitting right in front of you. And it's just like, it's just the weirdest thing ever when you're sitting there and in front of them, you're talking to them. It's like, I was literally watching you just like yesterday. It was a very, very amazing experience and an amazing time in Casa. Obviously, it was, like, for me personally, like, it was going well in terms of, obviously, like, with Olivia and stuff like that. So I was very happy with that. But at the same time, you can never make, like, any assumptions. You can never know that you're coming back to the villa until you're actually coming back to the villa. Do you know what I mean? So it's an, it's an unsettled time because you don't know what's going to happen, but I still enjoyed it. So you go back into the main villa. Obviously, the Casa Moore experience is done, but you come in with Olivia, so you've got someone who's an OG there who gets what's going on in the real villa. How did you find integrating in? Were the rest of the cast welcoming to the extent of, look, it's a TV show, but also you are a normal human being? Or did you feel a little bit isolated? Because we knew that Olivia and Kai had that thing going on pre-Casa Moore. Yeah, I definitely didn't feel isolated. I think, obviously, when you first go back into the villa, you have a lot more connection kind of like with the girls because you spent a few days with those girls now. So you kind of know them a little bit. But then, obviously, they're just getting back with those boys and, obviously, that's where their time and energy is being spent and stuff. And, obviously, the boys that you don't know, obviously, it was just me and Martin that went in there. Um, so me and Martin kind of had each other's backs and just felt very close because we were the only ones kind of walking in there together. But, you know, the other boys made a real effort to like, make us feel comfortable and he said to us, you know, like, we're all a, like all the friends here, all mates, this, that, and the other. But at the same time, when people have already been together for, by that point, like four weeks, they already have their group dynamics and their banter and their understandings of each other and their dynamics and their friendships. So it's just about kind of figuring out where you fit into that. I think it took quite a bit of time to like figure that out and to feel like really comfortable within that. But no, everybody was still like extremely welcoming. And then the situation of like Kai and Olivia, me, Kai was very welcoming to me. Do you know what I mean? Me and Kai had a really great time with each other. And we got along really well, to be fair. And he was very clear about what the situation was for him. So it didn't really bother me too much. You and Olivia carry on in the villa. And then there's a public vote. And the public vote, you've a least compatible couple. What did that do for two of you when you, in that time, were thinking, this is going really well, we're together, this is everything. You know, it's only been two weeks, which does feel like a lifetime in Love Island world. But, you know... When you have the public perception and you know what the public are thinking, what did that do to the way you looked at Olivia and the way your relationship was going? I think, like, for me personally, I, I always very much understood that, like, your experience in the show is very different to what's going on on the outside. Like, you being there can be one thing and what's going on outside and what everybody's thinking and seeing is a completely different thing. And I think that's what that situation showed me. I think everybody else in the villa when it came, when it came to me and Olivia being voted least compatible was quite surprised um from like a lot of their reactions and a lot of things that they had to say like afterwards and stuff if you watch those episodes. Um me myself, I was surprised in that moment just because of how I felt like we had been developing and how our journey had been going. But then again, like I said, you just don't know what 
narratives and storylines are being portrayed to the public and what's being focused on. So then I, when I came out and I saw kind of what was being focused on, what the storylines were and what had been included and what hadn't been included, then it, I'll be honest, it did make sense that we would be voted least compatible in that moment. But for us personally, like, or for me, myself, like, I don't think it really rattled me in terms of how I felt towards that person at that time. Well, what happened with the two of you? Because you leave the villa together and you've obviously got that strength there still. You came out as a pair. We know that you were in a relationship afterwards for only a couple of weeks. I've seen reports that basically you just drifted. But what's the... I want to give you the space to just let your fans, your audience know what happened. Because obviously, we're only talking about a couple of months ago. And so you're still, I presume, dealing with it to an extent. But also, I feel like it's also important to just put a line on it and say, look, that was then... This is now, I've moved on, and this is the new me. So just for the record, what actually happened with the two of you so that everyone can move on and stop talking about it? It's basically literally a situation of, you know, to kind of put it bluntly, it was a little bit of kind of just drifting apart. It's like, you know, you go through this mad experience together. You know, being in a video with somebody is one thing, then leaving with the video with somebody is another thing, because in that time, it's such an emotional roller coaster. And I feel we did keep saying to each other, like, you feel like it brings you closer together in that moment. Then, you know, you're traveling back to the UK together, you're, you're walking into this new life, and this, this, all these new things happening. And you're kind of walking into that together at first. And, you know, you're going to like events and meeting all these different people and doing all these different things and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, you do feel close to somebody, like, in that moment. And then obviously being, like, a Love Island couple, even though we wasn't, like, officially in a relationship or anything like that, you know, everybody kind of puts you together as if, you know, you're in, you're on your way to getting married and stuff like that, and you're in this mad, serious relationship, um, which then comes with, like, its own, like, added pressures and stuff. And I think just kind of, like, the probably, like, the stress and the pressure and the expectation of it weighed quite heavily on the situation. And then it's, like, you know you're overthinking, like, a lot of things. Like, for me, obviously, like, I went to Mexico and I went on a holiday with my friends that had, I had that booked in ready from before Love Island. Um, but obviously, it happened quite soon after the show. So now, obviously, now being in a kind of, like, you know, not an actual relationship, but being exclusive with somebody where it's, I'm giving somebody my energy, my attention, and not anybody else, you have to be thinking a lot harder about things that are happening and things that are going on and how you're affecting somebody, especially now that it's a little bit in the public eye as well. So I was just saying there was just a number of situations and just like a number of factors that went into that and just made it a little bit difficult. And we just kind of thought, you know, it's probably just best if we just move away from this and just figure all of this out in, from a single perspective. It must be also really hard as well that you both come out together, the first couple to come out as a pair. And so you haven't got a publicist, you haven't got an agent, but I imagine a lot of agents, publicists were jumping on going, right, we're going to monetize on the Olivia and Maxwell brand and this is going to become a business. And you're like, well, hold on a minute. I, we need to sort ourselves out before you start making it into a business and a brand. And this is all going a little bit too fast. This isn't normal, you know, especially for us who aren't in the media public eye anyway to actually know what's going on. So we need to find out where we are before all of you businessmen get involved as well. Yeah, of course. Like, with Love Island, that is very much like a thing. It's like, you know that, as a couple, that's what people are more so interested in. People want to know how you're progressing as a couple and how the two of you are growing and stuff like that. But you can't let that be a factor or a reason for you to stay in a situation with someone. Like, that's never a reason to do it. You have to do it because you actually want to be with that person. You want to get to know that person and build a relationship with that person. It's not. It can never be for clout or for money or brand deals or anything like that. I'm sure there's probably some people out there that do do it for that. And if that's what they're happy with and that's what they want to do, that's all perfectly fine for them. But no, I don't believe that's the reason why you should be staying with someone.
So what is your relationship with Olivia like now? Are you friends? Do you talk? Do you still follow each other on Instagram? Or is it like it's cut off? We're just doing our own thing now? So we're very much just doing like our own thing. Like I have a lot of like love and respect um, for her. And, you know, I want her to succeed and do the best in everything that she wants to be doing. And I hope everything's going amazing for her. And honestly, like I wish her all the best. But, you know, like she's very much over there and very much over here. And we, we, we're just going our own way at the moment. So what's that like then? What's it like leaving the Love Island bubble and reintegrating into society again with that little bit of fame, with the Instagram followers, with that bit of influence that you now have? How have you found that shift? I found it really, not really difficult, but I find it a little bit challenging at times because it's a whole new world of like different people, different environments, different dynamics and different opportunities. And it's all brand new and you just have to navigate and figure it out. And I think that's probably what I found difficult is like, you know, keeping up on social media. Like it feels like you're thrown into a treadmill and you just have to keep up the treadmill or you fall off. And, you know, when it comes to like posting and doing this and that and understanding what's okay to do, what's not okay to do. Like, it is very difficult. You can really trip yourself up. So I found all of that quite challenging at times. And obviously it does make it easier, like I said, like when you're doing it, like with someone. So then obviously then now when that relationship kind of broke down and I was then about doing it all by myself, I found it very stressful. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what direction I'm going in here. I don't know how to navigate this. But you just have to trust that yourself that you can figure it out and, that's kind of what I did, to be honest. So, yeah, there was definitely moments I find it difficult, but I think where we are right now, I'm very much just in the swing of things a lot more. So what's the future for you, though? Are you thinking we're going to keep this influencing up a bit? You know, you've got your master's degree, you've got your BA degree. Do you want to quit showbiz and go straight back into the business world, or are you like, I'm trying to navigate myself through this process? Right now, the way that I see things is that if I can have a, a bit of a combination of both these different areas at the moment, then that'd be amazing. Like I worked too hard from like my undergrad and my masters to say like I'm gonna have nothing to do with that now. And then even with everything here, like I have an opportunity with like the show and social media and a small bit of influence to if there's things that I want to create and things that I want to build, it makes it a little bit easier to do that now. But you know, I ha- I've got like an offer for a graduate job the day that I left to go on Love Island that starts later in the year, which I accepted. So like I'm still gonna be doing that later in the year when that all starts, and I'm very happy about that. And it's like, I would definitely want to have like a combination in my life where there's these two different areas that I can work on and build on. When does that job start? September. It's just a graduate job related to obviously my master's in finance. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Let's look at where we are now. Middle of June, 1st of January. Let's go back six months. What would you have told yourself then as to what you now know? know? I think I would probably tell myself just it sounds silly but just to breathe and just relax and just take everything as it comes because there are so many new unexpected unknown things that come your way like the whole thing with love island like i've always been somebody like i like to know what's happening i like to know what's going on from the first of january i didn't even know if i was definitely going it's like you know, I was going to do the season before, but then he said, no, everything could be better for next season. And I thought it was probably going to be the same situation with this one. They'll probably string me along for a little bit and say, actually, no, we can't get you in maybe the next season or something like that. It was only when there was the issue, like, okay, your flat's booked. I was like, oh, I'm actually going. So I was like, okay, if I go, I was just thinking, if I go, then, you know, I'll just go, enjoy myself, take the experience for what it is, and then just navigate everything afterwards. So I'll definitely say that it's important just to breathe, to take your time and just take everything like, as it comes to you. And final question, my friend, what's your advice to those who are going to be coming out of Love Island this series as to what they need to know about integrating back into society? To understand that there really is like an adjustment period. 
it's not like you just come back and you're just home and you just get back into like being at home. Like it really is a huge adjustment period where you have to now get used to having all these extra things in your life and combine that with just living your normal day-to-day life. You know, there was multiple times when I remember thinking to myself, like, there'll be a day where I didn't have anything to do. And I'll be thinking to myself, I've just come a lot of Love Island, like, surely there's something I should be doing today or surely I'm supposed to be doing something. Surely I'm supposed to be making some piece of content or something. And then that would overwhelm me and stress me. I think you just really have to take the time to really understand that there is an adjustment period, especially if you're doing it by yourself. If you come out of the show single, it is a lot more difficult than if you come out with a partner. Because if you're with a partner, you're kind of supporting each other. But if you're coming out by yourself, then just really take the time to understand that adjustment period is real and that your thoughts and feelings are completely valid. And just to really just take the time to breathe and relax and don't overstress yourself and do things in your time. Don't let everybody else around you push you to be doing certain things because they think that's what you should be doing. My thanks to Maxwell Samuda. If you love Love Island like me from season nine of Maxwell's series, that is in the library. There are episodes of Tanya Raven, Anna May Roby, Eddie Spence, David Sulaka, Zara Lackery Brown, to name a few. Plus, there's over 100 Love Islanders as well on Security Square. Go and check them out. Everyone's been on a mental health journey since being on Love Island, especially whilst Love Island's on right now. Go and listen to those episodes and listen to how they really are. And just think about what you're writing on social media. Hashtag be kind. Let's keep spelling that word. You've been listening to Security Square with me, Johnny CP. If you had, please click that subscribe button on Spotify and iTunes so that you get an episode twice a week, a five-star rating, and then leave that review. Let's keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. On social media, at Johnny C. Fats, Security Square podcast is where you can find me. And I'll be back next week with another Love Island star. Until then, I'm Johnny C. Thank you for listening. Thank you and goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.